Jojo Siwa was swatted by the paparazzi. Don't worry, we'll explain. We can't stop looking at the Instagram handle Zillow Gone Wild. And we're talking with movie critic Carrie Whitmer about the film Promising Young Woman. It's January 25th, 2021. Hey friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Zach Stafford. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. Zach, I don't even want to talk about this because I'm like already over it. I have like no interest <laughs> in it. But there's like swirlings of talk of there being a Harry Potter series coming to HBO Max. And I'm just like, oh, really? What does that mean? Is it like an offshoot of what we've already seen? Because the books have been done. I don't understand. Yeah, I guess it's just like a series would, you know, like I feel like when the movies first start coming out, like the biggest complaint fans probably had was like, oh, but you cut out this and this. And I mean, that's what happens when you have to go from like a 400 page book to a movie, you know, like things are going to get cut out. So I think a series would probably allow them to like really do the book justice. But also it's like, is now the time to do the book justice? Do people want that? I don't know. And just quick note here, a little age fact check here. Are we even old enough to have this movie remade yet? Because this movie feels like it wasn't that long ago when it finished. <laughs> like, why are we remaking it already? Like, I know I'm old now, but am I this old? No, and I also know the casting would be out of control. Everyone would have an opinion. Everyone would hate it. I'm just like, let's not touch it. <laughs> like, all of those main characters, because they're in their early 30s, would be cast as teenagers still to this day, potentially. So I don't understand what's different. Anyway, that's all I have to say about it. Good luck, HBO. This is Sex and the City. You're really exploiting some IP Get your cash. <laughs> get your check. All right. So today, first, we got to start with everything going down in JoJo Siwa's life. First, it appears the YouTube star came out last week after wearing a T-shirt that said, quote, best gay cousin ever. And then, apparently, the police showed up at her house afterwards. Nate Javi had JoJo explain how everything went down on his Instagram. Basically, what happened is we were at our house, and all of a sudden, there was a whole bunch of police that were telling us to come outside the house. And we didn't know we'll why. We didn't know what. Get out of the house with your hands up. <laughs> Nate will reenact and scene. Okay. Um, and then basically we went outside, hands up, like, because you have to obviously just follow the rules and uh, do what you're supposed to do. And then the police were saying that somebody had called and made a claim. And then all of a sudden paparazzi came from around the corner so basically it's called swatting where the media will actually call the police so that way you have to come outside your house you're hearing that right the paparazzi called the police on jojo to get her to come out of her house jojo noted in the instagram video that if photographers had simply showed up and waited long enough she likely would have come outside oh my god that's wild horrifying horrifying i had not heard of that before and also that's just like so icky because it's like okay now they're gonna get photos of them with their hands up in the air which will make it look like they did something wrong when in reality the paparazzi just did it like that's uh, too much it's too gross and also the double entendre here of coming out like being forced to come out of your house after you just came out of the closet is gross disgusting i hate it paparazzi continue to be the trashiest of trash i'm sorry i must have to say because this is not this is not journalism this is not integrity this is nothing this is gross and this poor young woman has done something incredibly brave by coming out when her audience is mostly young kids and families and this is the first thing that we do we need to do better i'm sorry this is bad (laughs) oh my god yeah it it is now officially beyond an invasion of privacy (laughs) like that is oh god okay so moving on Zach, have you heard of the Instagram account Zillow Gone Wild? I have not. 
Okay, okay. So the gist of it is that the account tries to showcase the best that the real estate website Zillow has to offer. So like you can think of it as house hunters and HGTV brought to your phone so you can look at some absolutely wild properties. And I'm not saying like, oh, a home that I could never buy. I mean, like a home you literally could never buy. We're talking like <laughs> 100 bedroom mansions with game rooms and and some places that look like they were plucked out of the Renaissance. The handle has garnered over 570,000 followers and the photos are ridiculous. And you definitely, everyone needs to check it out because I've spent way too much time looking at these houses and I need someone to talk to about them. Casey, have you always been obsessed with Zillow? Because I feel as if during the pandemic, people have downloaded the app more. I have done it too. I have notifications on here. I'm not trying to buy a house right now. I can't afford that right now. But like, I become obsessed. I know a lot of people do. I don't do it because it like makes me too depressed. <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, a lot of people do. And I get it. You want to look at these like beautiful homes and, and be like, oh, if I only had a million dollars more. <laughs> A million more dollars. I too could have a hundred bedroom home, just like the Bridgertons. <laughs> but I mean, it's also like wild because like there's a difference between like people during the pandemic who are going out to like look at these homes that they really like. Like, you know, like if I were looking, I'd want like some fun, like cottage core, homey, colorful home. But a lot of these homes on Zillow Gone Wild are like really scary, like dungeon level. And I'm like, oh, oh, why'd you build that? Why do you have it? Oh my God. <laughs> Casey, before we move on, I just have to put a little flag or a little, um, a flag in the sand here and say that you mentioning cottagecore is by far the gayest thing you have ever said in my presence before. That is like peak <laughs> queer lady culture right there. And you guys can Google this to find out why, but that is like so gay. <laughs> I accept that. There you go. Merry Christmas. All right. So Casey, I want to know, have you watched Prop and Seeing Young Woman yet? You know what? I haven't. And, you know, I have a lot of friends who have, and I actually know what happens. I know the plot. I know, like, the play-by-play. And I think it's just, like, you know, it's about sexual assault. So I think for some people, especially women, they don't want to watch it because they know of violence against women. But but a lot of people have been talking about it. It's, like, all over Twitter. It's everywhere. And it's, it's because so many of us have so many opinions. I have a lot of opinions about it. So I'm really happy we're talking about this movie today. It's got a crazy amount of buzz around it over the incredible casting, the soundtrack, and the very twisty plot. So we're going to go ahead and issue a warning for some light spoilers right now and that we will be discussing sexual violence. Today, we're talking with writer Carrie Whitmer about the film. She wrote an article for The Ringer titled, How Promising Young Woman Weaponizes Hollywood's Nice Guys. Hi, Carrie. Thanks so much for joining us today. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Of course. So for anyone who hasn't seen the film yet, can you give us a quick description of the plot? Yeah, of course. So Promising Young Woman is about a woman named Cassie who she's, I believe she's 30 years old and she quit med school and she is now kind of living her life as a vigilante. She goes out on the weekend and she pretends to be drunk at clubs and bars. And when men inevitably come and try to help her. She catches them in the act of trying to sleep with a very drunk woman. Um, and this is something she's devoted her life to. She let go of this med school life. Um, and it's kind of throughout the film, a little mysterious what's going on and everything unravels at the end. That actually, Carrie, was like the most wonderful way to describe this film. I cannot stop thinking about So bravo. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I am obsessed with this film, but 
surprising to me, I guess. The whole world seems very obsessed with it. Why do you think that is? Why is it having such a moment right now? I think that it's because, first of all, Carrie Mulligan's performance is amazing. She's having this, I guess we could kind of call it a comeback. She's been around. She's always been working, but this is her first like high profile movie. I think since she kind of started in an education and some other movies in the late two thousands. And because I think that it's really breaking through because it's making men realize something that they might not have realized about themselves before just because of the film's messaging. And I think it's just a really inventive movie that kind of crosses genres. Like at sometimes it feels like a thriller. Sometimes it almost feels like a horror movie. And then throughout the middle of the movie, it almost feels like a romantic comedy that's going to end very well, even though you know that that's not what it is at all. Um, And I think it's also because of the film's casting is just like all these people that we're very familiar with and we love and a lot of the actors, particularly the men like Adam Brody and uh, Max Greenfield, Sam Richardson, they're all these people that we know as a certain type of person, but they're playing these almost horrific men. Um, who women know and other people who have had experience with those kinds of guys are very familiar with. 100%. And you know, when I watched this film, I immediately thought about all the other films that have been coming out in this kind of Me Too era of in Hollywood. I'm thinking a lot about like The Assistant, which is about Harvey Weinstein, Pieces of a Woman, which is about how one woman deals with her own trauma that's different than sexual violence. So what do you think of this moment in Hollywood? What are you thinking about all these films coming out? Are they being productive? And what are they saying about Me Too as we move forward in that Uh, conversation? I think that the Me Too movement and these movies that you just mentioned and Promising Young Woman, obviously, are reflecting how women think and feel about sexual violence and assault. There, There were other movies in the past and other like books and television shows that have addressed this before. Like I've been thinking a lot about the girl with the dragon tattoo, which Mm, I think is, it's a very good book. And I personally like the David Fincher adaptation. A lot of people didn't, but that is a story about someone who has experienced sexual violence, who responds with violence. And I think that all of these movies that you just mentioned don't, the promising young, young woman has some violence in it, obviously, but I think that, they're focusing more on the emotional trauma than on someone getting revenge, which I think is very important. I loved what you said before about like a lot of men watching this and reflecting and being like of things they've done or things they've seen other people do, et cetera. So who do you think this movie is for? Because I know we as women don't need to be told about violence we face. Yeah, I felt like this movie was in many ways specifically made for me, but I, I just really like the tone. I really like that dark comedy and I loved like the bright colors contrasted with how serious the subject matter was. But I also think that the director and writer Emma Fennell totally had in mind just an average guy who thinks that he is a good guy, but maybe like in college let something happen to a drunk woman And he's never really thought about it or ever considered himself a villain in that story at all. And he might be. Mm. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Promising Young Woman and how it takes on that nice guy trope you're kind of speaking to, Carrie, in the most incredible ways. So you guys stay tuned. it we're tired of hearing new year new you fat burning secrets and lose weight fast 
The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. Thursday, February 10th. Kick off Super Bowl 56 weekend with host Keegan-Michael Key. Find out who will be named the AP Most Valuable Player. Delivered by Pizza Hut, the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year. Presented by Nationwide and more. Plus, the Pro Football Hall of Fame Class of 2022 delivered with Uber Eats will be revealed. NFL Honors, presented by Invisalign. Thursday, February 10th at 9 Eastern, 8 Central on ABC, NFL Network, and ESPN+. All times live except in the Pacific Time Zone. I'm Colleen Witt. Join me, the host of Eating While Broke podcast, while I eat a meal created by self-made entrepreneurs, influencers, and celebrities over a meal they once ate when they were broke. Today, I have the lovely AJ Crimson, the official princess of Compton, Asia. Kidding, and Asia. This is The Professor. We're here on Eating While Broke, and today I'm going to break down my meal that got me through a time when I was broke. Listen to Eating While Broke on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. We're talking with Carrie Whitmer about the film Promising Young Woman. The heart of the piece you wrote for The Ringer really focuses on the film's brilliant casting, which we talked about. You point out how casting some of the nicest guys in Hollywood really sells the film's message perfectly. Can you break that down for us? Yeah, so... I think that what they did intentionally with Promising Young Woman was that they casted all of these famous but not super famous. Like, these guys can go to Trader Joe's in L.A. and not be bothered, you know? Um, These nice guys that are approachable, they're kind of nostalgic in a way, like Adam Brody. Like, him as Seth Cohen, like that, he was my teenage crush. Uh, Bo Burnham is someone that I grew up watching. Like, he's, he's around my age, and I watched him, like, become famous because of his YouTube videos. In eighth grade, his directorial debut was so lovely and sweet and very hopeful. And Sam Richardson, who was probably the only likable character on Veep, um, Max Greenfield from New Girl. I'm just like listing the cast at this point. Um, Chris Christopher Mintz Plassey, who we know as McLovin from Superbad, um, and Chris Lowell from Glow and uh, Veronica Mars. I think that they took advantage of their budget constraints. Like they couldn't cast like Timothy Chalamet or Adam Driver. Those people also wouldn't have worked because they're kind of known for playing more like menacing bad boys. Um, Adam Driver in particular is like a little more of a menacing person. So those people wouldn't have worked. So they were like, who can we afford to have in this movie, (laughs) but who will also help, uh, help serve the film's purpose. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. Speaking of one of those men, we're going to get a little spoilery, but not too, too spoilery. Okay. So Carrie, I wanted to ask specifically about Bo Burnham's role. He's set up as the romantic interest for our heroine and it's a big gut punch when it's revealed he's not the nice guy we thought he was. Why does seeing him in this role hit so hard for millennials? I think it's because a lot of millennials um, know Bo Burnham as this teenager playing piano 
and playing funny songs on YouTube. And we saw him grow. And he's one of the first people, I think, who probably became famous because of YouTube. Um, And a lot of millennials are around his age. And we've watched his career blossom over the past few years, especially with eighth grade. We're just like, oh, this guy who started off on YouTube made this movie that should have been nominated for a bunch of Oscars. It wasn't. That's a different conversation. And because he's always been such a nice guy, like he, he just has this reputation as being very sweet. He's never very controversial. He And we're also not really used to seeing him in dramatic roles or really in very serious work. Even though eighth grade is a serious movie, it's more, it's a little more laid back. Like his work makes you feel good. Um, And nothing he's ever done until Promising Young Woman is anything that makes you feel bad or makes you not like him in any way, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. So, okay, so Zach actually brought this up um, when we were talking about this movie. But so, like you said, there's an appearance by Christopher Mintz Plasse, who played McLovin in Superbad, which made us rethink the plot of that film, which, you know, a movie about boys trying to get booze to a girl they like slash, you know, want to sleep with. Do you think this was all intentional to cast him and, you know, have him be one of the good guys? Oh, absolutely. That felt very intentional, especially because he he's done a lot of other work since Superbad, but that's still the thing that he's known for. And I, I think that they were almost trying to remind you that that movie exists and that when you think about it now, maybe that movie was maybe not as cute as we thought it was when it came out. It's still very funny, but you also look back on it and you're like, this is actually kind of gross. Yeah, and that's like so much of media when we're talking about rape culture is that when you become aware of the system that we see in place in media of like normalizing bad acts of good guys, and when we realize that they were not acting well, we're like, oh shit, wait, I feel lied to. Like, wait, super bad is not something I enjoy? That's something I, I should actually not like now. Yeah, in October, I interviewed Adam Brody also for The Ringer, and I had recently rewatched The OC, and I said to him, I was like, Seth Cohen's actually kind of horrible like he's kind of an asshole <laughs> and, and he was like yeah I've been hearing that I think I need to rewatch it <laughs> and then he brought up naturally after we said that he brought up his character in Promising Young Woman which I had not seen yet but now I completely understand what he was referring to yeah, it's it's this thing, you know, Zach and I were talking about of it just like permeating every like aspect of our lives growing up. So it's like, yes, Seth Cohen was also my like main crush growing up, but I did a rewatch of it too. And I was like, oh God, he's a nice guy. Like, you know, and not the nice good guy. He's the nice guy. He's, like. he's Seth Cohen is the nice guy who seems like a nice guy until you really get to know him. And the problem with those kinds of nice guys are that they think that they're so nice that they think they can get away with things that aren't that nice. Yep. Followed that perfectly. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. 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 There's a trend emerging. (laughs) All right. Well, you know, it's not just the men in this movie. There's also some female characters that really are challenging for us to watch. You know, folks like Alison Brie and Connie Britton, who I think is just a godsend of an actress, (laughs) a woman, a person. Mm. But what do you think about their usage of women in this film? Because it made me think a lot about rape culture and how women do participate in this culturally. And we don't ever talk about that. And I feel like these two women have something to say about that. So what are your thoughts? Oh, I 
completely agree with you on Connie Britton. Uh, I wanted to get to them in my piece for the ringer, but I started writing a paragraph about them and I was just like, this is another blog. I need to stop myself. <laughs> I, like this can't be 3000 words. Um, but yeah. I, I think that Con just like the men, I think that Connie Britton and Alison Brie were cast very intentionally because I mean, who do we know Connie Britton for Tammy Taylor? I mean, she's obviously done other things, but we know her as Tammy Taylor. We know Alison Brie from Community and Trudy from Mad Men. They're all the kind of more positive, cheery characters who are very uplifting. I mean, maybe Trudy Campbell isn't uplifting, but she's always on Mad Men. She's a relief. When you see her, you're excited to see her, even though she's not in the show that much, but she's usually very delightful when she's on Mad Men. And she, her character was a little harsh on Glow, like much different than her other roles, but this was even harsher. The, both of these women just really blew me away with their performances in this movie. And it must've been really, really difficult for them to play these characters who are kind of perpetuating the system. So we have all these amazing performances. We have a movie that like defies genres with like the music, the tone, the colors, et cetera. And there's so much buzz. Do we see this being a major Oscar contender? I hope so. I, I think that it's release date is going to benefit it. But I, I think that this year's Oscars are going to be the most unpredictable that we've ever seen because mm, they're so true. late. I cannot be an expert on this, but I think that Carrie Mulligan will be nominated at least for best actress. I think that she should be a major contender at this point in the conversation she is, but I always regret when I go somewhere official saying that someone's going to win because I kept saying in 2018 that Bradley Cooper was going to win first star is born and Rami Malek won for Bohemian Rhapsody and said, so I do not want to jinx Carrie Mulligan's <laughs> Oscar. Um, I, I would also hope that, it gets some directing recognition and screenwriting. I, we know that the Academy has an issue for some reason, nominating women in these mm. categories mm. still. Um, and as maybe Bo Burnham for best supporting actor, I think that's a long shot, but I do think that it's possible. This is just, this year is just so weird to think about. Like I, I truly have no idea what direction these are going, but I'm hoping that they go in a direction where more female um, centric and made movies can actually earn their Oscars for once. Fingers freaking crossed. Because <laughs> Carrie Mulligan is just, you know, she is just efficient in this. Uh -huh. So Carrie, Carrie, thank you for reminding me that Bradley Cooper lost to Rami <laughs> yeah. for playing. And Rami, if Rami is straight, played a gay man, and I'm still mad about yeah. it. I forgot. It's, so thank you for that. Th th this, is, this is something I literally think about every single day. And uh, it really drives no, me. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Well, Carrie, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Well, that's it for today. Be sure to join us again tomorrow. And remember, I will always continue to mention Cottagecore as often as I please. Zillow Gone Wild up the Cottagecore themes too. That's all I need. <laughs> oh my God. Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of what you love about BuzzFeed. Coming to you daily. Socks are the number one most requested item at homeless shelters. Underwear second and shirts are third. At Bombas, socks were first. Made with comfortable details for everyday wearing. Then underwear and shirts too. All designed to perfectly fit. 
At Bombas, every item you purchase means you're donating an essential clothing item to someone in need. One comfortable clothing item for you, one donated to someone in need. Bombas, comfort for all. Get 20% off your purchase at bombas.com slash comfy. Hello. Hello. Hi. Oh my God, I want to come through the screen and hug you. Hey everybody, Jessica Zor here, also known as Vanessa Abrams on Gossip Girl. I am so excited to share my new podcast with you guys. It's called XOXO, and it's a walk down memory lane all about Gossip Girl. I'll chat with some of the cast, crew, fans of the show, and I'm just so pumped for you guys to go on this journey with me. Hi, I'm Ed Westwick. I played Chuck Bass. Is this Michelle Trachtenberg? I'll never tell. Hey, I'm Taylor Momsen, and I played Jenny Humphrey. Hi, I'm Sebastian Stan, and I played Carter Payson. That was one of the reasons I liked the character Jenny so much is that she was very relatable. The whole thing was such a joy for me to do. And I was just so thankful that people responded the way they did to what we were doing. This really was just like wonderful. I like have like warm feelings inside. Yeah, me too. I'm giving you air hugs. Listen to XOXO on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This season, get football on your terms with NFL Game Pass. Let's go! See every snap from every game with full game replays. What a throw, what a catch! Listen to all the action as it happens with live game audio. Watch the dog, Jeep! Leaping grass of Adams! Plus, watch your team on your time with condensed game replays. Wow. Get football on your terms with NFL Game Pass. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today.